And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. High in the air. Brito back at the wall. Adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 199 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I am Grant Brisby. I'm here with Andy Baggerly. And Andy, 199, uh, that's the batting average of Bob Melvin in 1987. How about that? Bob Melvin, wow. Well, I'm sure he, he contributed a lot of war behind the plate. He did, actually. He was like, every year he's with the Giants, it was one solid war, couldn't hit a lick. But we're talking Kenyatta College legend, uh, second overall draft pick. I don't think I realized that. Traded for Matty Noakes. Good giant? I'm a, Do we slap a good giant on Bob Melvin now that he's the manager of the Padres? You know, when you matriculate from Menlo Atherton to the San Francisco Giants, you, you are a good giant. It has to be. Linear progression. Yeah, I agree with that. But we are uh, most emphatically not here to talk about Bob Melvin. Boy, we have a lot to talk about. We could go in any different directions, so I'm just going to let you choose. There's uh, Jock Peterson's uh, appearance in the All-Star game, which was uh, scintillating. There is the draft. There's the Giants. It, it took a series from the Brewers before we left for the break. So what do you want to jump into? A Dodgers series coming up? I don't know. I want to talk about what Jock Peterson wore to the All-Star uh, media appearance with his family, and uh, it was great. I loved it. It was like he put on his pajamas, and then he put a white blazer on top. He polished it off with some nice sneakers. It was a great outfit. I loved it. Boy, this just shows how out of touch I am with the masses. I didn't see it. I was uh, maybe off Twitter for those hours, so you got to tell me. So it's pajamas and a blazer? It's kind of like if you took like a onesie, but then you made it a twosie. And then instead of having pants, they were kind of like culottes. They were like halfway down his knee. It, w- it was really interesting. You'll have to look it up. And I'd be interested to see what you think. Oh, my gosh. Dereliction of duty on my part. Uh, it was The All-Star game was, this was maybe as uh, less invested of an All-Star game as I've ever been in. That's not really proper syntax. But uh, just I was not into the All-Star game. And I think a big part of it was... Look, Jock Peterson, he's having a, he had a fantastic April. He's a, the Giants fans have taken to him. Uh, but it, it's not like when you have Brandon Crawford there or Tim Lincecum there or Brandon Belt or you have, if Logan Webb were to make it, there's something about a homegrown all-star, an all-star you're used to. I think Peterson, this is going to be his only year as a Giant, perhaps. And so it's kind of like, oh, that's cool. But I, I didn't feel the reason to like hone in on the whole experience. 
Yeah, I, I, and I think this kind of harkens back to some things that the fans have been griping about and we've written about a little bit, which is just winning doesn't necessarily solve everything. You need to be a little bit more compelling in some areas too and, and give people a reason to, you know, buy a jersey and, 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 and have a star to root for. And I think the, the Buster Posey vacuum uh, of his retirement, maybe I think everybody kind of maybe underestimated what the the impact of that would be. And even though you know we haven't thought of him as being in his prime for a long time, uh, there was always that guy. And 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 the Giants don't have that guy right now. And that probably speaks to some of what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's even if Carlos Rodon had been there, he's one of the most electric pitchers I've ever watched. And you talked about this in a Giants uniform, one of the most electric pitchers to ever wear a Giants uniform. And that's saying something considering all the Cy Young history and and that sort of thing. But it would have been the same thing with him. It's not necessarily the talent that we're besmirching. It's just the idea of this is your guy. This is you watched uh, him from a little tadpole and now look at him. He's a big old all-star frog. I think Logan Webb would have been that guy. He would have got the fans into it, but I don't think he would have pitched because of how he was lined up. So what are you going to do? I, it, the All-Star game is fun as heck without a bunch of giants. So I, I'm not going to look at too much in the mouth. You know, my favorite part of the All-Star game is when you line them all up and everyone tips their caps and people write hi mom on their batting gloves. And that's the best part. I love that part. And then the national anthem goes and then the game starts and then I turn it off. Honestly, <laughs> I, I don't watch the game. I really don't. I, I'm just, I, I have not been invested in the All-Star game in a long, long time. And maybe that makes me a bad baseball person, but you know, I, I tend to not watch the game and I've covered maybe, oh, I don't know, four All-Star games, I think. And um, that includes the one at Yankee Stadium, the last year of old Yankee Stadium, which went like 15 innings and Dan Ugla made like five errors and Tim Lincecum wasn't there because he was in the hospital for reasons that uh, were undisclosed. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And I think that All-Star game kind of like almost like scared me off to every All-Star game uh, (laughs) after that because I I remember I I walked at a Yankee Stadium and it was like four in the morning because the game just took forever. And that this was before like Uber or Lyft or anything like that. And you really couldn't get a taxi down there. There were guys in like unmarked black cars who would like, you know, take you downtown for like 50 bucks, you know, which was ridiculous. But I had no choice. I finally found one and someone took me to my hotel and I got to my hotel room and I thought, oh, all I want to do is sleep. I just I, I'm just totally, totally exhausted. And I looked at my watch and realized that it was like 445 and realized that my flight boarded in like 90 minutes. <laughs> oh. so, and it oh. didn't even occur to me until that very second, I need to actually leave right now. So I, I threw everything in my bag and got out of there and got on my plane. And I have never wanted to cover an All-Star game since then. Wow. Yeah, that'll do it for you. You were the only person uh, around that area who was feeling worse than Tim Lincecum. Um, yeah, I'll call that one a push. That's, that's a push. <laughs> no, you know what I did? I actually, I, uh, my daughter had a softball game during the All-Star game. So I was going to come home and watch it on, on uh, my recording. And then I got a push notification from MLB, uh, the app saying, hey, here's the result. And so, okay, I lost steam and I didn't want to watch it that night. So I got up, uh, poured a cup of coffee and watched the All-Star game. And it was delightful. I wasn't checking Twitter every five seconds because no one else was talking about it that morning 
morning. I had a lot of fun. There was players I didn't know. Andres Jimenez made a great play that made me squeal and clap my hands. Uh, they had this, I usually hate these gimmicks, uh, but Alec Manoa was mic'd up and he was uh, talking. You could hear him talking like his process of uh, how he was going to attack the different hitters. He's saying, okay, I'm going to do up. I'm going to do up. Look at my catcher. He knows what I want because it's his catcher, Alejandro Kirk. It was a lot of fun. I usually hate players mic'd up during the game, but having a pitcher mic'd up was pretty cool. I don't know. I, I will return for the All-Star game next year. I had a lot of fun. You know, that part is pretty cool, I think. And it's a great way for the league maybe to experiment a little bit, what, what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, we can complain about baseball's All-Star game. It's still the best All-Star game. I mean, in the NBA, they basically only play halfway. They don't play any defense whatsoever. It's 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 not anything close to what an NBA game would be. In the NFL, it's after the year is over. It Basically, no one wants to get hurt. No one's paying any attention. At least the baseball All-Star game comes in the middle of the season. And I think the game is actually somewhat, you know, apart from the fact that no one, you know, gets more than two at-bats or pitches more than an inning. Actually, even that part is starting to resemble regular baseball more. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it's it's still I think the best All Star game, and you know maybe all All Star games you know kind of have their flaws, and I think that it is kind of silly how you know it, it isn't the way it used to be where you know you could look back at an All Star game in the '60s and you know Willie Mays went you know one for five and and uh, and and basically they used one extra player and and the stars were really the stars you know from year to year to year. The continuity isn't the same, obviously, but. I think it's still the best of the All-Star games. So, hooray. Good job, baseball. I think it's like that. It's just because with basketball and for football, so much of it involves running at all times. And that is the one kind of skill where you can dial it back a little bit. And with baseball, what are you going to do? Swing uh, 70% as hard? No, you look like a fool. Are you going to throw it 70% as hard? No, you look like a fool. And you're not used to doing that. So it resembles the game a little bit closer. I will say, Brian, our producer shared a picture of Jock Peterson at meeting day. That is fantastic. It is fantastic. It is a, you have Jock in his splendor. Uh, Champ is looking dapper in in a different way. His wife looks like uh, she's dressed up for the opera and the contrast is beautiful. So I'm sorry that I missed that. Jock Peterson seems like a funny guy. Do you know, have you ever, have you got his sense of humor throughout this season so far? He's interesting. He is interesting because when we've talked to him, I mean, he's been you know, pretty open and, and pretty upfront about things. But he also, yeah, he, you watch his body language from day to day and you think he's kind of mopey maybe. But he's also someone who's able to just like tune things out, basically eliminate distractions and and just, just sort of put his focus where he needs to put it. And yeah, he, he's a really interesting dude. He really is. But, you know, I, you look at, uh, at Champ and how he's He's just included Champ in every part of his life. It's such a great family story. And, you know, you can tell he's he's having fun, man. He's living life and having fun and not worrying what people think about him. I think a lot of those qualities are, are pretty, pretty darn healthy. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Like I look at how he dressed it. I, I kind of I wish, oh, I, I wish I could dress like that and, and have a, a good uh, chuckle with some people. But I wouldn't. I'd be too self-conscious. So, yeah, good for him. All right. Do you want to talk about the Giants of the past or the Giants of the future? Because the Giants of the recent past, at least, uh, they won five of their last six. They won three in a row heading into the break. They had a rousing comeback, a walk-off home run. Uh, but also the Giants of the future, they're going to play uh, the Dodgers. So where do you want to go? Well, I think we probably should touch on the first walk-off Grand Slam in 49 years. That seems like yeah. probably probably something we should mention, especially since, as you as you said, you had just written like four days before about the fact that they had a ridiculous streak with no walk-off homers. And, of course, you decided to write that in the very week that they hit one because this is what you do. This is the deal that you have made with uh, Lucifer and um, your soul. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to it, if it's going to liquefy uh, at some point in the future. But, you know, this is this is your lot in life so you wrote about it and then it happened i can pay it off if i bring him more souls okay, so I'm, work- okay. I'm working toward that i'm working toward that no it, it i wrote that because i just saw the homestead it was ridiculous but the more research i did i said okay every team gets a walk off they're not that rare they're just not and so i i knew that my clock was ticking and it had been on my radar since april uh and i mentioned it in my my season preview or something like that and uh it was just time and so yeah mike yastrzemski uh, when i saw josh Hader come in i checked out mentally and then you had bart's home run okay that's interesting and then you had darren ruff's home run oh okay and then austin slater to me is when i really started to get interested because hey now you've got extra pressure he's the tying run he he makes it so the winning run is up he's got speed against uh i would assume i don't know all the pitchers pickoff moves but i just think closer doesn't care and i was kind of sort of right that's when it really got interesting and it was just a rousing comeback i was not a expecting it and it felt like it was over for a, a six-run inning that was like the quickest six-run inning I ever remember it really was I mean you know you go from Joey Bart's home run uh only nudged the you know the expected winning percentage up like four percent from like 98 percent to 94 percent so even though that enlivened the dugout and, and then Joey goes right back down what's the first thing he does he puts on his shin guards because we're going back out there boys <laughs> We're going to tie this thing and we're going to extend this game. Well, he didn't need to put on his shin guards because they just decided to win it right there. And I agree. it's It went very, very quickly. Even after Ruff's homer, I thought, okay, this is still, they're still not going to win this game. And then when Slater got on base, I was like, ooh, okay, something yeah. was going to, this is interesting. And then, of course, Slater gets picked off first base and he still makes it to second because Rowdy Tellez throws wide. Tyro Estrada hits a blooper that, that, that stays in the air for about a billion years and it falls in. So they had some luck along the way, too. It was very much a, a a little bit of a shades of last season in a couple of respects, 
But, um, I mean, they had to hit three home runs off of Josh Hader to win that game. And maybe they didn't need to hit that third home run. Uh, you know, a double to the gap or even a single might have done it. But, uh, you know, of course, they had to they had to hit it uh, out of the park uh, because, you know, they read your article. So, um, <laughs> Mike Yastrzemski, first giant to hit a walk-off Grand Slam since 1973 when Bobby Bonds did it against the Dodgers. And the Dodger pitcher that day was Jim Brewer. So, it all comes full circle. See, Jim Brewer, it, it's funny because uh, the Brewers of the team, the Giants, did this again. But all I can think about is Felipe Alou somewhere going, warm up Jim Brewer. We need Jim Brewer warming up in the bullpen because it sounds so much like Jim Brower. And I just remember that year where Felipe Alou always had Jim Brower warming up like he was a, a cup of decaf coffee at a diner. Just always on the burner, just in case Jim Brower wanted to come in. Yeah, I think that Jim Brewer did replace Jim Brower at a couple points in that in that season, and no one noticed. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's the only way he didn't spontaneously combust that year. When Mike Yastrzemski came up, the bases were loaded, and that's when I my optimism sort of faded because that to me seems like the worst possible matchup. Maybe in like if you could create a bad matchup for the Giants. Uh, it would be Mike Yastrzemski against Josh Hader. That just seems Mike Yastrzemski has struggled against lefties. Josh Hader is Josh Hader. That, to me, was like, okay, the fun's over. Here comes a strikeout. Or here comes a double play. And I wasn't even, you can't even be mad at Yastrzemski. It was just a bad matchup. And he was sitting dead red, and he got what he was looking for. And that, to me, was just such an impressive at bat. Yeah, no, it absolutely was. And um it's one of those moments that can be a flashpoint, you know, for a team. And 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 Yastrzemski, he's a measured guy. You know, we asked, hey, is this does a comeback like this really put the wind in the team's sails? And he's like, Well, we'll find out. I mean, he's not gonna say yes, definitely. He's I think he's a little more pragmatic than that. But, you know, it could. He said it just it reminds you never to give up and that you're in every game. And then, you know, they they did. They build on it by having a good weekend. They they took uh, you know, three or four from, you know, a, a, a playoff caliber team. And they go into the break with the chance to rest up a little bit. And, and it's not going to get any easier, of course, because they've got, uh, you know, the Dodgers up next. And and who knows? And maybe maybe the Dodgers or Giants or Padres or somebody else will will have a will have a Juan Soto in, in the division as well. We do have to touch on that because that's broke since we have been gone. Juan Soto probably going to get traded. That is the consensus. You had uh, All-Star Game, the media day. Uh, Scott Boris was three feet from him, two feet from him, sort of glowering at reporters as Juan Soto talked. And uh, they were a little annoyed, I think, at the Nationals. And I kind of can understand why. But it seems like he is going to get traded and teams are going to line up. And we would be doing a disservice to our listeners if we didn't at least uh, ponder the question, do the Giants line up? Is there a chance? Is there a chance, Andy? Well, I mean, I think you've written about this, right? About, you know, basically Juan Soto is the one guy that you don't worry about what the cost is. You don't worry about, you know, who you're giving up or what have you. You'd probably have to take on Patrick Corbin and his salary. But, you know, the Giants certainly are one of the teams that would be, you know, in a position from a revenue standpoint to do that from a payroll standpoint. He's a guy who is not cheap already in arbitration. He's going to make, you know, a boatload of money. And then, you know, can you sign him beyond the the two years beyond this year that he's got left? Uh, that's the other big question. You know, would it be a situation where the Giants would get a window to try to negotiate, you know, a, a long-term contract? I, you know, here's one thing I think that it's more likely to affect the Giants. This is, the, and this is complete speculation on my part, but what if Soto goes to the Yankees 
And by getting Soto, that basically means the Yankees are out on Aaron Judge. And maybe Aaron Judge is the player that goes to the Giants. I would rather sign Aaron Judge and not give up any of the prospects. Because it's not like you're going to get a cheap Juan Soto. He's going to be really, really expensive either way. And he's a generational player. He's a fantastic player. And the Giants need a star player. They do. I think they have to have come to that realization this year. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I I wonder if the best uh, sort of dance move here would be for Soto to go to the Yankees, and then that frees up Aaron Judge to go to the Giants in the offseason. MLB.com, Sarah Langs, she had a uh, Juan Soto trade proposal for the Giants and Nationals, and I'm going to read it to you. Have you seen this one yet? I have not. Please lay it on me. Okay, so we have uh, Marco Luciano. You have Kyle Harrison. Mm -hmm. Luis Matos. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Elliot Ramos, Mm -hmm. that's uh, four prospects going back to the Nationals. Final piece is a right-handed pitcher you might have heard of, Logan Webb. Logan Webb. And this is where I check out because I know that I wrote that, yes, you do whatever it takes to get Juan Soto. You do. You trade Logan Webb for Juan Soto if you can sign him to an extension. I think that's the key because if you're just getting Juan Soto maybe for two and a half years, but you've given up your ace, then you have to go find another ace without Luciano and Harrison Matos to to trade. That doesn't make sense. And so I wrote about it today for my mailbag. That's like a gift of the Magi. Like you're cutting off your hair to buy the, the chain for the pocket watch and you're selling the pocket watch to buy the brush. Like it doesn't make sense. So that's where I stop. Logan Webb just can't go for logistic reasons. Not because he's not worth one soda or because it just doesn't match up like that. But the Giants need to keep Logan Webb if they're going to have any business getting a player like Juan Soto. I just don't think they can make a deal without giving up a Logan Webb. I mean, if you're the right. Padres, you can give up Mackenzie Gore. If there are teams that, uh, like the Dodgers, could give up Pepiot. There are, you know, a lot of teams that could give up, you know, a, a ready-made major league starting pitcher. And I don't know if the Giants are in that position, especially if Kyle Harrison has to go too. I, I don't know if I would do the deal with Kyle Harrison in it. And I know that I'm probably being way too conservative, but I just think that, uh, you know, pitching is so valuable. And you see what happens when you're the Angels and you've got, you know, Mike Trout and you've got Shohei Otani. It's no guarantee. I mean, I do think the Giants need to have star attraction uh, for purposes other than trying to maximize their ability to win as many ballgames as they can. But I just I don't think that you you subtract everything to try to get that player, especially when, you know, maybe maybe you can sign that player and not give up you know any prospects whatsoever. Yeah, that is a a, a heck of a point. We have to let you go so that you can catch an airplane to go to Los Angeles. But before we do, I just wanted to point out that I keep looking at which team uh, has the financial resources, has the the top farm system, has the ability to trade players off of their major league roster. And it all comes back to the Dodgers. I just, I don't want to bum everyone out, but every way I look at it, it always comes back to the Dodgers. They can trade a Gavin Lux. They can trade from their robust farm system and they can just, they don't have to worry about the money. So uh, sorry, listeners. Okay, well, I'm going to make a different prediction. I'm going to say it's going to be the Padres because Peter Seidler really, really wants Juan Soto. They've got C.J. Abrams. They've got Mackenzie Gore. They've got other players in the minor leagues and the lower levels. I think this is they're going to make their move. I think that he's going to be a Padre. That's my prediction. Both of these suck for Giants fans. They're both uh, not, not exactly, uh, they're, they're, they're not exactly the best scenario. Yikes. All right. Well, anyways, thanks for listening. This is episode 199 of the Bags and Frisbee podcast. Sorry to ruin your day. Uh, We'll be back next Monday with episode 200. We have 
Nothing planned. I was just on the the 10 year anniversary show of Effectively Wild. They had a big to do plan. They have like a whole week. Uh, we got nothing for 200. So uh, I guess I just whetted your appetite. So make sure to listen because it's going to be a must listen. See you then. I'll go to the party store and I'll bring a kazoo. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.